Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Limitless Broadcasting Network. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. You're a wizard, Harry. Turn to page 394. Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. What up? How's it going? And of course, produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Don't forget to check out all of our social medias, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram after the show. See? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're on the last movie. It's insane. How are yeah. we through the summer? I know. That's We've been talking about this for a year, and now mm. we're almost done. It's sad. Yeah. It is very sad. Mm-hmm. But life must go on. We have Haunted Mansion to talk about here in a month or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we have things coming up. And we have other episodes we're going to be doing after this, like In Memoriam, uh, talking about mm-hmm. some amazing actors and actresses we have lost mm-hmm. who were a part of the Harry Potter um, uh, realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also uh, talking about the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We're going to do a whole episode on that. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm going to give you a little insight on Hogwarts Legacy game because I have played it way too much and know it very well. Cool. Okay. I have yeah. put probably like a week's worth of hours into the game. Nice. Mom. Well lot well actually no it's not i looked at my sims hours that i put in since sims 4 came out like 10 years ago yeah i'm sure that's way worse yeah oh so many hours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's gonna get worse because they just they just released a horse ranch expansion oh well of course ashley's gonna do the horse ranch so very much so i'm buying it on my next paycheck Mm -hmm. (laughs) um they got me back with star wars now they're getting me with horses it's like Mm -hmm. they know yeah it's very true (laughs) It is. But let's talk Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. You Mm -hmm. thought last episode was depressing? Just wait. 
just wait. Yeah. Um, so I have about 10 differences. No, no, I have more in this one. I have 18 um, differences between the book and the movie. And most of them are about the final battle scene. So we're going to actually talk mm-hmm. a lot about the battle in this portion of, of the podcast. So let's just get started. Very first one. We already kind of talked about it last time, but Teddy Lupin. He is mm-hmm. mentioned multiple times in the book. Never hear about him except once that we don't even know his name. So there's that. Um, tragically, Max, please fix it. But anyways, uh, in the book, Hermione learns quickly how to how to be a better Bellatrex, perhaps because the Death Eater they meet on the way, like so on the way to the bank, mm-hmm. Travers sticks around a little longer and accompanies them into the building. So in the movie, there's not another Death Eater with them when mm-hmm. they're coming into the bank. Um, but in the book, there is. And then also the objects in Bellatrix's vault, they really don't like I, when I was rewatching it to this morning, I'm like, they don't act like they're um they're uh burning their skin Mm -hmm. but the the vault is supposed like it's supposed to burn their skin when they touch any of them Mm -hmm. so they kind of left that out which i thought was just a show of her crazy chaoticness um and then in, in the film it's actually uh in the film they have it be hermione's idea to ride the dragon but in the book it's actually harry who says jump on the dragon let's go Mm-hmm. And they do, and he doesn't go out the ceiling. He actually goes out like some other door. But in the movie, the ceiling is more dramatic. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and the visuals mm-hmm. for the scene is more dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Some of these are kind of all over the place, and then all of a sudden they kind of get in order. So when they get to Hogwarts, uh, in the book, Luna actually brings up the lost item of Ravenclaw and takes Harry to the common room to show him what it looks like on a statue of Rowana. Uh, Cho offered, but Jenny suggested Luna to do it. Mm-hmm. It's very potent in that scene, which I don't know why Cho's here, because I thought she was supposed to be a year older than them. So they're supposed to be seventh year this year. And chose here. So in an earlier book, it says she's older, like a year yeah. older, but mm. she's still in school. So I don't know. There's some discrepancies there, JK. Yeah. You, you gotta, I don't know what happened. Um, but anyways, uh, it's also there that Electo Caro, which is one of the twins, that's where he actually spots Harry. It's not the first time they see Harry is not in the hall where it's a very dramatic revealing to Snape. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an amazing scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Caro sees him and touches his dark mark, letting Voldemort and the rest of the Death Eaters know that he's here. Uh, but Luna is actually under Harry's invisibility cloak, stuns Electo, puts Harry back under the cloak. And then when his twin arrives and sees that there's no Harry, there's a false alarm and he gets in trouble and all the things. So it's like this, Luna does this lovely little switch. So I feel like we kind of mm-hmm. got... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Robbed of some of Luna's uh, mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to this. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Oh, so there is a scene where uh, McGonagall, like Electo wants to uh, talk to Voldemort or something like that. And McGonagall says she's not going to go along with it. And she spits in uh, Caro's face. And then that's when Harry pulls the cloak off and uses the Creatish curse on one of the Caro twins. Uh, secures the wands, binds them, and <laughs> leaves them dangling from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and this is when Snape enters the fray after McGonagall asks McGonagall if she's helping Potter, and that's when they end up dueling. Um, after Flitwick and Sprout make it, it's three. So Flitwick and Sprout actually join her, uh, and that's when Snape flees. So in the book, yes, you can argue the redemption of him, like doing the curses to the Caros. But in reality, that's actually. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's just a movie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just a movie thing. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so that's the book. Uh, another thing in the book is McGonagall sends the younger students who do not want to fight and the untrustworthy uh, Slytherins to the evacuation point code hogshead in the and the tunnel is in the room of requirement. So they never talk about how that in the movie. They make it seem like the hogshead tr- go to uh, Gryffindor's common room. It's actually not. It's the room of requirement is where they're all hiding out um, in the book. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and in the movie they put him in like the the um what should we call it the dungeon so it's Mm -hmm. they changed it up probably just because of time and and um, money let's see here in the book Hermione actually kisses Ron in front of Harry uh afterwards when Ron suggests that they tell the house elves in the kitchen to get out while they can so Harry or Ron like he's been around here Hermione enough that he pulls out something that she feels very uh strongly about and mm-hmm. and she kisses him for it uh let's see here what was it there was a clatter as the basilic fangs cascade out of hermione's arms that's the other thing they take multiple fangs not just one um and running it wrong she flung them around his neck and kissed him full on the mouth ron threw away the fangs and the boom broomstick broomstick he was holding and responded with such enthusiasm that he lifted hermione off her feet <laughs> Is this the moment? Harry asked weekly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. funny. Uh, let's see here. Mm, this is huge. So in the book, in the Ministry of Magic, employs Percy, which is the third in the lineup of Weasley Weasleys. And um, he has been exiled from his fa- family, but he actually ends up joining them in the battle Uh Hello, Minister. Oh, hello, Minister. Did I mention I'm resigning? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're joking, Purse. Fred says you are actually, you are actually, wait. So during the dueling, I'm sorry, he's dueling his boss and he turns to him and says, did I mention I'm resigning? You're joking, Purse. Fred says you're actually are joking, Purse. I don't think I've heard you joke since you were and then it happens, an explosion that blows away the side of the castle, killing Fred. Mm-hmm. And Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Percy all witness it. Mm-hmm. Percy tries to cover the body as the battle continues and then helps Harry move him. Mm-hmm. Such a heart-wrenching scene, but we actually get to see, number one, how Fred dies, which mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't show it to us because I would have probably lost it. Mm-hmm. But we do get to see the redemption of Percy mm-hmm. with his brother. Mm-hmm. which yeah. is a beautiful beautiful scene mm-hmm. i'm trying not to cry <laughs> um so uh after the main trio actually witness fred's death hagrid uh is heading into the forest with the spiders lavender brown that's when they see lavender getting munched by Fenir and grop trying to crush people on the upper floors uh they feel the dementors coming 
and Ron and Hermione's Patronuses flicker and fade, but Harry and Harry can't even make one. Luckily, Luna, Ernie, and Seamus are the ones who produce the um the Patronus, not um Ab Aben Aber. What's how do you pronounce Albus's brother? Aberforth. Aberforth, not Aberforth. So in the movie, Aberforth does it. In the book, Luna, Ernie, and Seamus do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Luna tells Harry to think of something happy. They're still all there fighting. And it's the triumphant edition of Harry Stag that makes the Dementors retreat. Like Luna had to remind him, like, you need, like, think of mm-hmm. happiness. Think of something good. Mm-hmm. And and that, which would be hard. I mean, he just watched one of his friends pass. Right. Uh, practically one of his brothers. And, and they're in the midst of this. So that would be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Snape's death. We're talking about it. So mm-hmm. it is not what happened in the movie. So mm-hmm. in the book, it actually takes place in the Shrieking Shack where Voldemort has Nagini encased in an enchanted sphere to keep her protected, mm-hmm. floating. Um, and when he tells her to kill, uh, the sphere surrounds Snape's heads and shoulders and she sinks her fangs into his neck. Also in the book, they come out, um, his memories are coming out of his mouth and ears as well as his eyes. And he does not say you have your mother's eyes in the book. He just says, look at me. Mm-hmm. And then passes. Mm-hmm. But um, when Harry watches the memories in the pensieve, obviously far lengthier in the book than in the movie, he sees that those eyes are made are what made Snape agree to help Dumbledore keep Harry a- a safe after Lily had died. Mm-hmm. He does not do any of this for Harry. And that is my main argument. He only mm-hmm. did this for revenge. He did not do this because he agreed with it. Mm-hmm. But we hmm. can debate more later. Hmm. That's my take. Um, in the book, after Harry uses the resurrection stone to see his parents, Lupin and Sirius, Rowling describes them walking beside him, not circled him, and they're walking with him until he gets to the point to see Voldemort. When he gets there, he drops the resurrection stone and they disappear to him. So they actually walk with him all the way up to the point right before he has to go and die, um, which I thought is a little bit more, um, he probably needed that, that support to get there because i mean mm-hmm. you're literally walking to your death how many right. of us can actually say we could walk to our death mm-hmm. knowing it's about to happen mm-hmm. that'd be difficult hopefully none of us mm-hmm. hopefully yes. the only one that i know of is jesus jesus did it in christian mythology mm-hmm. or, oh, yeah. <laughs> not, not mythology but in in the christian religion what i believe in mm-hmm. jesus is the one that comes to my mind fair enough Sorry, I'm wrong podcast. No, it's totally, <laughs> um, totally fine. It, I just, it just wasn't expected, just the way you said it. I know, it just kind of popped <laughs> out of my mouth. My I'm like, wait Jesus. a second, I am not <laughs> the right Jesus. podcast. <laughs> my name is Jesus. I'm like, okay, Harry you can Potter take that Jesus. out if you, you okay. can take that out if you want to. I just, oh, I don't know why it popped out of my head, but it did. Uh, anywho, uh, also in the book, when Harry comes uh, to, no, sorry, before we get to this, um, I believe also in the movie and in the book, it's not in here, but I'm pretty sure where he goes to meet Voldemort in the movie and in the book is the same spot he see he saw Voldemort for the first time as the yeah. unicorn was feasting on him. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know the movie, yes. Book, I'm a little iffy, but mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, people. Um, and then uh, in the book, after he's killed and he comes back from King's Cross, uh, Comes to after Voldemort uses Avada Kedavra. 
He's actually naked. Mm-hmm. You guys remember this book? Wait, who who's naked? Harry naked. Yeah. When he's he talking cursed, to Dumbledore, he's, he's nude. Oh, yeah. No, cursed, this no, like, not in real life. No, not in real life. No, this like is when, when he's, he's like when he's dead. He's naked in the at King's Cross. He's walking around naked at King's Cross. He doesn't have any clothes. Such a weird choice. I do remember <laughs> that. I remember, I remember. I probably remember yeah. reading it in the book. I was yeah, like, when he's talking he... to Dumbledore and all that, he's just he's yeah. just uh, just right in front of his like older naked. professor, older guy professor. Just <laughs> he's just naked. Let it all naked. hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird, weird choice. He's start, he, he's supposed to be starting a new, a fresh. I guess that's why. Yeah. I don't know. Get, just give him a new body for God's sake. Don't give him a naked version of the one he's got. <laughs> why is been why, you know? Yeah. It's like I got screwed when no, it comes to the afterlife, JK. man. Huh? I don't know. Ask JK. Hey, JK, what's it with you and writing what's up about with naked this? teenagers? First time that we know of. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so that happened. And then also in the book, the Sorting Hat is retrieved by Voldemort from inside the castle with a flick of his wand after Neville delivers his lesser speech. So this really annoys me that we didn't do it in the movie because in my mind, it gives Neville a lot more heroics than mm-hmm. and more respect in my mind than what they did in the movie. So what happened, if you don't remember... Is that he says, I'll join you when hell freezes over Dumbledore's army. Like he screams it. Voldemort then places the um, the uh, uh, sorting hat on Neville's head and sets it ablaze while also putting a body bind curse on Neville so he can't move. Um, so he's literally torturing Neville because he doesn't think they need the sorting hat anymore. And Neville's being a dum-dum to Voldemort. Um, Harry, who has been placed at Voldemort's feet, uses cha- uses the chaos to put on his invisibility cloak. So he doesn't just fall out of Hagrid's arms and go. He's literally, he's he has his invisibility cloak over him. Uh, and Neville breaks the body bind somehow. Uh, and the hat flaming falls off of him and that's when he sees the sword of Gryffindor and pulls it and slices Nagini's head off um in that same moment so in my mind that is a lot more intense and a lot more just showing of what Neville also had to go through mm-hmm. instead of the whole like getting up days still having a battle going on and then cuts off the head right before Harry and Ron mm-hmm. because actually in the book um Harry tells Neville Mm-hmm. that he needs to kill the snake and i think it's again in here somewhere mm-hmm. um but yeah uh let's see here also in the book uh the battle involves uh or no i'm sorry yeah the the ending involves a lot more like centaurs and giants and thestrals buckbeak comes back into play uh the families of students who stayed to hogwarts to fight are there mm-hmm. um the house elves are there. There's like all these different people. Harry is still under the invisibility cloak, fires curses at every Death Eater he sees, and Jill charms at his friends. So no one knows he's alive yet. They all still think he's dead, which makes a lot of sense because they're fighting for their lives. They know he sacrificed himself, and they're trying to end this for Harry and for the rest of the wizarding world. 
Um, and let's see here. Uh, Ron and Neville actually bring down Fenir Greyback uh, during this time. McGonagall, Slughorn, and Kingsley are battling Voldemort. Bellatrix faces Hermione, Ginny, and Luna. It's only after Molly kills Bellatrix. Uh, which in the movie is with the same not my daughter you be. She doesn't mm-hmm. say that in the book, but in the movie she does. Uh, Harry shoots a shield charm at Molly to save her from Voldemort's rage. So Voldemort is ticked when Bellatrix gets killed, uh, which you don't see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Are uh, you sure that's not in the book? I thought she said the same line. In I the don't book, know. Which is in the movie with the same. I'm pretty sure she says oh, it in the, the book same. too. Sorry. Yeah, right. I thought okay. it said, I thought sure. I was reading that it wasn't in the book. I really yeah. need to reread these. Um, so he he reveals himself to Voldemort that he's alive and to everyone else. So they've been battling and thinking he's dead, and all of a sudden he saves Molly from Voldemort, and Voldemort's like, "Wait, how are mm-hmm. you alive?" Like it just mm-hmm. it shocks him. Oh, uh, let's see here. Also in the book, Bill, Harry builds suspense by talking more to Voldemort, like at the end there, right before he um, kills him. Uh, which is probably why they changed it because movies don't like just talking scenes when it comes to this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Making sure Voldemort knows that his spells won't stick to those Harry was willing to die for and that he's protected them just as his mother protected him, mm-hmm. which I feel like is very full circle. Uh, he died to protect the ones he loved, mm-hmm. uh, like his mother did for him. He tells Voldemort that he'll win because he knows more not only about love but also about magic the crowd gets to hear as harry details how dumbledore not voldemort planned the headmaster's death and how snape had betrayed the dark lord and also in the book the spells are cast um and it's over a lot quicker than what the movie does Mm -hmm. the elder one knows harry disarmed Draco, and that draco disarmed dumbledore before snape killed him so it's allegiances to harry and it goes to him um in the movie they draw it out much much slower but in the book there's only like a second of silence and then cheers because everyone is in the courtyard watching mm-hmm. and, and thrilled now in the movie voldemort's body disintegrates into tiny pieces that float into the air um but in the book his body actually remains and is laid in a chamber off the great hall away from all those who died fighting him it's more final the way the movie did it because this person i like what this person said less of a chance of seeing harry potter and the unauthorized resurrection that's pretty funny (laughs) i like that um but i like how i like how jk did it because in my mind when we did that in the movie to have him just disintegrate into like we had to have him literally disintegrate for him to die in my mind makes him godlike mm-hmm. and for him to die and his body just lay there it shows that he is just another human being i agree with that, that. had way too much pa- thought he just had way too much power i agree with that so i like the book better mm-hmm. no i do too and also like the way he actually died the fact that in the movie it was like literally just a two forces going at each other and harry's just happened to be more powerful where it was instead in the book it was like there was the spell just ricocheted because he did the expelliarmus like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to me that's that's much better moral of what evil actually does because it's Mm -hmm. like nobody actually killed voldemort he killed himself yep Mm -hmm. yeah i liked that much better too. pride his own arrogance his own Mm -hmm. stubbornness whatever yeah the book did it better yeah agreed (sighs) this one this makes me so mad in the book, Harry and the Deathly Hallows, um, the movie made me mad. In the book, The Death uh, Deathly Hallows, Harry's original phoenix feather wand gets broken in a duel. He uses the Elder Wand actually at the end to repair it. Mm-hmm. We never have shown that, which I think we should have. Mm-hmm. And then 
He doesn't break it in two. He doesn't throw it off a chasm. No, he puts the wand back in Dumbledore's tomb. Mm -hmm. Because he knows, he knows that once, as long as he dies a natural death, that magic of the Elder Wand is broken. Mm -hmm. It's done. Finito. Over. Yep. As long as Harry dies. As long as Harry dies dies a a natural natural death. death. Mm -hmm. As long as they're not killed by somebody. Interesting. Yeah. 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 The Elder Wand should have never been snapped. Now, if she snapped it in the book, that's a different story. Right. But they I like the idea of it, yeah, being put back and then it's just waiting to die. I like that. I don't know. I kind of get the snapping of it just because the idea that anyone could still access that level of power at any time. Like, even though it's buried, even though it's gone, even though the power will die eventually, like, there's still that small possibility that somebody could get it. So just eliminating that possibility Mm -hmm. entirely, like, I understand that choice. You know, and in Harry's mind, it's like no one should have this much power because he's seen what that much power can do. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of I get that, but it would never actually fully work for him unless they went and killed Harry Potter. True. Mm-hmm. Even so, I mean, there's still that possibility that it could, like, that tiny little sliver of a window is still kind of open. In my mind, true. that's how. That's, that's how true. It yeah. True. I I I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. 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 Valid point. Mm-hmm. And then to round it off, in the book, when Harry's son, Albus Severus, so many words, asks what happened, what will happen if he's put in Slytherin, Harry tells him the sorting hat takes your choice into account. Really? The boy asks. It did for me, Harry answers. It's the first time he admitted that to any of his children. Rowling makes a point of saying. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, because he, it is all about choices. He Mm. probably would have been in Slytherin Mm -hmm. if he didn't tell the Sorting Hat no. Mm. Yeah, it's a very real possibility. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why when the Cursed Child came out and she had him in Slytherin, I didn't agree with it. I don't agree with it because at the end of the epilogue, Albus doesn't want to be in Slytherin. He wants to be in Gryffindor with his family. Mm-hmm. I think this little kid, 11-year-old kid, would have said, can I please be in Gryffindor? Mm-hmm. Not Slytherin. Anything but Slytherin. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does seem kind of a 180. Mm-hmm. Just a tad. A little bit. A little bit. I feel like that's one of the smaller problems with that entire story. So, yeah. Just saying. I, I, haven't, I don't know anything about please that. Please don't. Please don't I, ever I, don't do it. Yeah, we will never pretty, talk pretty about bad. that book on on this show. It's horrific. Yeah, no. Just no. I don't even understand. No. Eh, she lost her millionaire status. She's trying to get it back too quickly. Apparently, the play is very very popular in England. Hmm. But I just I don't agree with the storyline. I hate the storyline. Like, I really hate you're it. Literally, they're literally trying to bring Voldemort back into the storyline. It's like he's dead. Ew. <laughs> what? Somehow Palpatine returned? That kind of, you know? Yeah, and basically, know. yes. Basically, mm-hmm. yes. It's very. Oh, it's terrible. It is. It's horrible. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that is the biggest differences in uh, Battle of the Hogwarts in the book. Okay. 
Right. I know it was a lot, but I thought it was very pointed point no. yeah. to do to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a lot of differences between the book version and the movie version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you got on the movie? Oh, lots of stuff. All right. So last one. This one, again, PG-13 rating sequences of intense action, violence, and frightening images, because that's like the entire movie. So yeah, that's appropriate. Fantasy Adventures, our genre director, finally again, David Yates, producer David Heyman, David Barron, and J.K. Rowling once again, writer Steve Close with J.K. Rowling characters, released July 15th, 2011. And this one, box office gross in the USA was $381 million. This is a little shorter than the last one. It's two hours, 11 minutes. And ratings, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes for the, from the critics, 89% from the audience. And finally, we get an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, who broke the sevens <laughs> with the very, 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 very last one. And you I know believe... it's a cynical one. They only rated it high because it was the last one. They hate I think that's, one. yeah, they just did that just because, yeah, it's the last one. But yeah, yes, so this the is the highest rated movie. Yeah. yeah. I wonder though if IMBD used to have higher ratings, but when all the crap and controversy came up with JK, if the haters went and started putting lower ratings. I really Could don't know. Been. I but I feel I, like in yeah, general I mean, IMDb I know, runs like, low. IMDb so. eventually yeah. got more user-based reviews. So I mean Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. You gotta lease people on there who Let's face just it, like to tank things. Another social media platform at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got it though. I So some trivia. This is the shortest Harry Potter movie, as I said, at two hours and ten minutes. This is the only Harry Potter movie to gross over one billion dollars worldwide. And it came out at midnight and grossed $43.5 million in its midnight debut, which was the most of any film in history. And the previous record holder was Twilight Saga Eclipse at 30 million. Once again, Twilight has returned in our trivia. So I had to share. I mean, I remember Twilight and Harry Potter it being the big debate. Mm-hmm. Back and forth, back and forth. Coming out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we all know which one is better. So, uh, duh. Yeah. Hands down. Mm-hmm. At least she knows how to make it realistic. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot to say about Twilight. We can hate watch Twilight. I would do that, but never really. I'm truly. not hate watching Twilight. I, I don't even think I could hate watch it. I'd fall asleep. I've tried watching it. I fell asleep. <laughs> That's fair too. To fall asleep like, during it. It's not even that. that it's bad. It just bores the crud out of me. Mm-hmm. First one is very boring. Yeah. It's just so, it's so slow. It's, it's literally one emotional level throughout. That's because like you just... have a one emotional level actress throughout. <laughs> And that's not even like, I don't want to knock on her because she's actually not bad. I've seen her. She's decent in other things. She was just pretty. They all are terrible in this. The stuff she was doing around that time, though, she was just one emotion. Right. Yeah. Like she might, she's might have like changed since then. But during that time period, Mm -hmm. that was her. I feel that. Yeah. I do remember like a lot of that. Just that. So many memes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just always yeah. looking just angry and disgruntled for no reason. And the stuttering yeah. in the movie, it's pretty funny. It, oh, yeah. it really makes me laugh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so sorry, we got off topic. Okay, 
So upon release, this movie set the record of the highest grossing opening weekend ever with $169.2 million, which was previously held by The Dark Knight in uh, 2008, which earned $158.4 million its opening weekend. Then this record was broken again 10 months later by The Avengers, which earned 207.4 in its first three days. So, yeah, there's lots of... Makes sense. The first Avengers was really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I can see why I would knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. popular. This final movie was nominated for three Academy Awards in 2012. And the, since the franchise had never won an Oscar, there was an expectation that this movie would actually do it. Um, but it didn't. So... Um, yeah, so it's film history that Harry Potter, the entire franchise, never won an Oscar. Now, this does not apply to the new movies coming out because Fantastic Beasts won for like best costumes or something. So going off of the original Harry Potter story franchise based on the books, they never won an Oscar. So there you go. Interesting. Well, they didn't put much, some of the stuff, they didn't put much like thought into like like say costumes for example they let the kids kind of choose the costumes or do the costumes however they wanted whatever they were wearing so it, it was more focused on the story not on like that sort of stuff to win a, an award but there's a lot of categories at the oscars and they didn't win anything for well, zero categories haters well the oscars are the oscars so haters <sighs> No, yes. it's more than it's just a lot of behind the snobs scenes stuff would be more accurate yes yeah ah, snobs gotcha. are a good description of the the people who vote in the oscars harry yes. potter that's not cinema that's that's child's film mm-hmm. it's a summer block we don't do summer blockbuster here we do deep intellectual mm-hmm. insight no blockbusters mm-hmm. yeah we don't no do movies everybody sees we, we pick the fun. random ones we're the academy awards we hate fun mm-hmm. has to be a very moody dark movie that was only in like a hundred theaters and nobody saw it. And it As wins. we congratulate ourselves on being the pioneers of pop culture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Lord. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, so this script originally was written just like the book to include Draco Malfoy's bully friends, Crab and Goyle. And in the book, Crab was to be killed in the climatic battle. However, Jamie Waylett's arrest and conviction on drug charges forced the filmmakers to change the plan. So Crab was written out of the script, of course, with Goyle being killed in his place. Uh, and another Slytherin character, Blaze, um, was brought in and he takes Crab's place. So there you go. That's what happened. So when you get arrested oh. on drug charges, you can't be in Harry Potter anymore and you get replaced. That's where we're at. I'll know that next time I uh, go to look to be in Harry Potter, you know. Yeah, save just my, in case. Try not to get arrested. for afterwards. Yeah, save your drugs for later, okay? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. According for, uh, to for insurance purposes, that is a joke. <laughs> Good point. Like, let's be clear: don't do drugs, kids. Okay. It's yes. Bad. Don't do drugs; they are bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. No drugs. Oh, depending on. Anyway. And no, no, no. We can't keep. <laughs> we just fixed this. <laughs> there's Anti- debates. There's debates on certain things. I'm just saying. Anti-drugs, okay. But we are talking to any child, eighteen years and under. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I if it's I, illegal, I forgot this child. Drugs you know, are when, bad. <laughs> When you're old enough, sign certain petitions that'll, you know, maybe change a few things. I'm just saying. As of now, don't do them. But one day, or if depending on what state you live in, or, you know. There's a great line in Love Actually, too, um, by by an actor who's also been in the Harry Potter franchise, um, where he makes a comment where he says, oh, kids, don't do drugs um, or don't buy drugs. He says, just uh, become famous and you get them for free. So there's another 
That That's is a piece true. of advice. That, we're not saying cocaine or heroin. I'm just saying, hey, <laughs> I'm saying cannabis could have possibly some benefits. I'm just, uh, maybe, maybe. There is a lot of debate on that, to be fair. There's, there's, uh, that's what I'm, I'm not talking about the hard stuff. I'm just saying, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, anyway, I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be. I'm just saying, eh, maybe it's not as black and white as we thought it was. Specifically for that, I'm not talking about the hard stuff. But there are still laws that you need to follow. Oh, no, they I, agree. Are in place. I agree. There's 100% law. I'm talking about, okay. yeah, no, I'm okay. 100% follow the law. If you feel strongly about it, maybe sign a petition. Okay. That's fair. Sounds good. We sign a petition. What, what, what about my husband, Tom Felton? (laughs) Okay. So Tom Felton. All right. So according to Tom Felton, Voldemort awkwardly hugging Draco was not scripted, but it was an improvisation by Rafe. And so uh, Felton's reactions of stopping dead in his tracks, not knowing what to do is genuine. Hmm. Adds to that scene. It is the most awkward hug in the history of cinema. Yep. And this just makes it more fun because he's like, what is he doing? <laughs> what is happening right now? <sighs> in every shot in which Voldemort and Bellatrix appear together, she always moves. So she stands on his right, which is traditionally the position of the most loyal and trusted follower. Oh, I mean, sense. let's be real. She is the right hand. Oh, it's Bellatrix. It mm. certainly is Bellatrix. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. All right, so when Harry, Ron, and Hermione enter Gringotts near the beginning, Hermione has taken the polyjuice potion to disguise herself as Bellatrix. Before the scene was shot, Emma Watson acted out the scene for Helena Bonham Carter so she would know how to act as if she were Hermione in this situation. So essentially in this scene, Carter is acting like Watson, who is acting like Hermione, acting like Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. And I love I love this like mind like so trying to wrap your head around it. So brilliant. Yeah, it's great fun. Yes. Uh, I gotta admit, like every time I watch that scene, my mind does has a little bit of like a what the heck moment when you just see and like you remember it's Hermione, but like you just see Bellatrix on the beach just kind of walking up casually. Super awkwardly, like, just like scrolling what, up. What just happened? Where, where, where am I watching the same movie? What happened? Oh, mm-hmm. right. Okay. Polyjuice. Got it. Yeah. Just okay, kidding. It's moment. not really her. I had a moment. Why does she look like a scared little schoolgirl? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just weird. It's just so well done, too. I just, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't like to be kept waiting. I love that Emma did it first so that she could copy it, too. Because, right. yeah, now you can really see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Emma and Rupert have stated in several interviews that filming their much-awaited on-screen kiss was an extremely awkward experience due to both of them stating they always felt like brother and sister. It only took six t- takes to complete, whereas the kiss between Harry and Ginny took around 10, Ron and Lavender approximately 15, and Harry and Cho took over 30 takes by comparison. Wow. There's some fun movie facts for you. Well, yeah. okay, from what I understand, I, I watched an interview with um with uh Emma about this. Uh they actually had to have ask Harry to leave the or Dan to leave the um the set because he kept laughing. I bet I he did. He probably thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. It is hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that I'd, little I'd laugh right along with him. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh boy, I would have kicked him out too. Been like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> as minimal takes as possible. Okay, come on. Uh, okay, so speaking of Daniel, he reportedly 
broke 80 wands throughout the franchise because he liked to use them as drumsticks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good job, Daniel. Mm. Mm-mm. And to continue on with this, Harry's lightning bolt scar was applied by makeup teams approximately 5,800 times by the end of the film franchise. Mm. Daniel had the scar applied around 2,000 times, and then the rest were applied to stunt doubles and stand-ins. It's a lot of scars being applied. And during this movie, the filmmakers wanted Voldemort's appearance to change subtly with the destruction of his horcruxes. So as each one is destroyed, he gets increasingly hollow-eyed and develops small lesions on his skin. Mm-hmm. So he did like little subtle tell. changes to his makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to, to make a point of it. And when Harry goes into the room of requirement, in the bottom left-hand corner, there is the knight that Ron rides from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Also present are the Cornish pixies that were set loose by Lockhart in the Chamber of Secrets. And in fact, the entire set is made out of props from all of the movies, around 72 containers of props. So there's lots to be seen in there, really and truly. Mm -hmm. Lots of things you can see from previous movies. And director David Yates said that the epilogue was reshot because the heavy makeup originally applied on the actors and actresses at adult age didn't reflect well in the dailies. I have a question. So you reshot it, Mr. Yates. Why is it still so bad? The makeup <laughs> is horrific. These kids are, you know, they're supposed to be like our age, right? Yeah, they look like they're supposed to be in their 50s with that makeup. What did you do to Ron? My goodness. Like, yeah, Ron the worst bad. of it. Yep. Oh, boy. Horrible. I just, you, mm-hmm. you reshot it and this is still where we landed. Mm-hmm. I, mm, it bothers me it's, a lot. I'm like, we do not look like that. Okay. No, you know, <laughs> this is not a thing. <laughs> it's done from like the point of view of what a child would imagine a, an adult to look like. You know what I mean? Like themselves to look like as older people. But the clothes and all of it. It's oh, so bad. bad. It's, it's like from the point of view, it's, it's like if we were, I don't know. It, it's like when you're in the nineties, and you imagine like the characters would imagine themselves in the future, but like they're dressed as like their grandparents. Hold on, hold on. Um, mm-hmm. what? Okay, hold on. What year did the Battle of Hog? It was like ninety-eight. I want to say. I, I can't remember. I, I think it, it was yes. It was ninety-eight because we would have. They lost our letters because we needed them for ninety-nine. Um. So 98, 1998, it was 19 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't they have used the style of 2011 for the adults? I don't. I, I have no answer on this one. I really I like. I just. Like, I guess they just desperately needed a contrast from this is how kids dress. This is how old people dress. Why? I don't know, but it's why did you do the Harry Potter characters like that? Apparently, we all dress like our grandparents who had bad corporate business jobs. That's literally the best description of what they were wearing. That's what it looks like. No, literally, Harry looks like Robin Williams did in at the beginning of Hook. He looks like an overweight, alcoholic lawyer who hates his own family. He does. True. Yes. Such a good movie. Great movie. I just watched it recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, you just look at the cast now, they look 10 times better in real life. Yes. They do not look like that. Because now they're literally the age that they were supposed to be in that epilogue. And guess what? They look great yeah, in comparison. Well, technically, no, because it's it's only been, what, 12 years since the last one came out? So we still got another, like, what, five more years to go before? Because it was 19. Okay, how old were they supposed to? Okay, 17. It was ni- 19 years between, like, the 17 plus then... 19, 36. Uh-huh. They're, like, two years off. Close enough. Yeah, you're right. Close enough. Yeah, they're basically that age. They're not going to look that way in another couple of years. No. Yeah. No. They all look amazing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Sickening. Okay. Well, yeah. They have a lot more money than us, so there you go. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Alan Rickman admitted to feeling awkward during the scene in which Professor Snape and McGonagall duel. Um, thank God for computer graphics, because holding a wand and not throwing the most threatening thing you can do um, is not throwing the most threatening thing you can do. And you're pointing it at Dame Maggie Smith, who you grew up worshiping from the cheap seats in the National <laughs> Theater, and she's pointing a wand at you. She can arch an eyebrow like nobody. So thank God for the sheets of flame. I was just like, oh, Alan. Oh, he's just like, I don't want to battle you. No, no, I don't want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was a nice quote from him. Kind of carries on his face too, because he looks terrified. He looks genuinely afraid. He's like, I do not want to be here. <laughs> do you know who this is? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. Probably was his was her student at one point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, no, no, no. He, and the look on his face in the movie is pretty interesting. Like he he really does hesitate. Like he has Snape hesitate. Mm-hmm. When she comes out, she's ready to go, and he's like, he like hold like he kind of bends his arm and yes. then mm-hmm. hesitates and then straightens it, and mm-hmm. just the look on his face because almost when I was watching it again, it almost looked like they kind of had looks between each other, like they knew that this, like you know, it was almost a show, mm-hmm. like it, like they could have been staging the fight as a show to get the caros out, and so he could go mm-hmm. to Voldemort mm-hmm. until at the end when she yells coward at him. Yes, well, mm-hmm. then you know. But it could have been planned. But it, I thought it was interesting because just how their faces, how they, the facial expressions they gave each other. I'm mm-hmm. like, did you two stage this? Did you know this was about to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what was going through my head this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And I had mentioned this a very long time ago, but mm-hmm. not long after Alan Rickman started to play Severus Snape, J.K. Rowling told him some character secrets about Snape that would not otherwise be revealed until the very last book. Most significantly, Rickman was one of the very few people other than Rowling to know years ahead of the last book's publication that Snape had been in love with Lily Evans uh, when they were students at Hogwarts and both Snape's Snape's protection of and antagonism toward Harry came from that. Rowling said that she shared this information with Rickman because he needed to understand, I think, and does completely understand and did completely understand where this bitterness toward this boy who's living proof of Lily's preference for another man who ridiculed and tormented him came from. According to Rickman, the directors prior to the publication of the last book were not privy to the information of Snape's true character either, and he had to ask them to defer to him on the portrayal of Snape, whether or not they understood why. Rowling joked in an interview that Rickman would often gloat that he knew more than the other actors and actresses. And I think that's pretty funny. That's funny. (laughs) That made me laugh. But I just love that how, and I don't think you would ever argue with Alan Rickman if he's just like, so listen, I know more than you. So 
you're going to need to just listen to me like when I tell you just, Yeah, he looks like somebody who just naturally knows more than everyone anyway. Right, he does. In this case, he certainly did. Mm-hmm. It's like, good to meet you, Mr. Rickman. I'm a big fan. I know more than you. <laughs> yes, that is literally him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's another fun one. So before the final book was published, Daniel Radcliffe asked J.K. Rowling whether his character Harry would die at the end. And after a silence, Rowling gave him the very cryptic answer, you get a death scene. Ah. Super. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, they couldn't figure out what's happening to their characters until the book came out. Like, they yes. literally had to wait. The only the one the only one who got some sort of info was Alan and everybody else yeah. was just like, well, just gonna have to wait, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I watched an interview a long time ago with um who are the whichever Phelps played Fred, but they he him and his brother were on a train reading Deathly Hollows and he got to his death. He's like, and he yelled out loud, I died. <laughs> he's like so annoyed. Dang like, it. Dang it, man. At least it was the last one, you know. He made it pretty far, so yeah. At least it wasn't the last one. Oh, yeah. It just makes me laugh. Oh, boy. Um, Okay, so Snape's redemption. We already talked about this a little bit, but if you watch in the duel between Snape and McGonagall, you can see Snape deflect a spell that McGonagall cast, and it purposely goes back to get to the caros behind him. You also can see, like, when he does his little bat, you know, whatever, death either thing, he goes and grabs their wands, too. Like, he stops by each of them and flies away. So that's one one key thing he does. And then the entire prince's tale, the entire thing. That was the best part. I remember still reading it and feeling so redeemed. I still have that teenage feeling back when I read it. And I was so happy. And I was like, wait till Ashley reads this. This is great. I can't wait. Just wanted It to doesn't share. help it. Wait, what, it does. What? So the prince's tale, it. the prince's tale is the whole chapter in the book that goes over what Snape did when we see his memories. memories. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So when we see like everything he went through from the you know meeting all the junk with Lily and growing up, and then right. um yeah, what his true motives were when he comes to Dumbledore and begs him for help, and you know Dumbledore is pretty rude to him because he's like you suck as a person. I can't believe mm-hmm. you. You know, we get to see all of that and then see all the ways throughout the years that he protected and helped Harry. What do you want to say? I just need you to just say, what do you want to say? He didn't do it for Harry. He didn't do it for anyone but himself and his revenge that he wanted for Lily. He literally only does this because of Lily. So? No, I'm no, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to ask, like, does it matter though? For me to say he is a hero in this book, I can't because he doesn't do it out of the fact that it is right. He did it out of the fact that the one, the only person he ever loved was killed. That's no, he did not it for why. Love. He did it with love in his heart. Dan, dang it, you're supposed to be No, because yes, he <laughs> might have loved Lily, but he didn't yeah. show love to anybody. No one, no one else. He mm-hmm. didn't show love to Harry. He didn't show any sort of kindness to anybody else. Mm-hmm. other than the fact that he wanted revenge against Voldemort for killing the one woman he loved. And if James was still around, he probably would have killed James too. 
J- Snape mm. is built on revenge. He is not built mm. on actual love. Now, Bird movie Bird. Snape, we can talk about how movie Snape is very different because they portray him differently. They yeah. do different things. Mm-hmm. But if we are getting to the core of book Snape, he is built on revenge, not love. Yeah. But isn't isn't that revenge born out of love though? That's what I was trying to say. But is it I mean, actually he wouldn't love? Want to take vengeance. Now that now that is debatable. I will say that. Is like, it actually uh, love? Ah, that is the that is the That's million the dollar question because he would not have had as much. He has hate in his heart because Snape had a very hard upbringing and he had the issues that he already had with the Potter mm. and, and and all that. I will agree with that. But yeah, I think the true revenge because let's be honest, Snape was kind of a coward. He was beat yep. up as a kid. He, he went with mm-hmm. the Death Eaters, all of that, right? He was, because he was, ultimately, he was weak. He was yes, he was weak. Yes, and he got this backbone because of what happened to Lily, mm-hmm. because of how much love and how much he cared for Lily. And yes, he treated Harry like crap because Harry looked like James, and he should not have done that because Harry was a child. And exactly, I, I'm never going to argue against that because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. You should not be like that to children. But you know. He didn't do any, he always took care of Harry because he always had that love for Lily inside of his heart. So no matter what, he would never want anything to happen to Harry, even though he disliked his attitude and which rightfully so sometimes with Harry, but he disliked his attitude, his looks, you know, all of that. But he, deep down in his heart, I think even book Snape still had a certain soft spot for Harry because of Lily. And that's why he fought so hard and was so with Dumbledore and all of it. Because, like, you know, like we just said, Snape is pretty weak. So the what he did was that took a lot of guts to literally go in the, the dungeons with the Dark Lord and lie to him mm-hmm. and know True. that he was he lying to him and betraying him. And yeah, I mean, not many people would go against Voldemort. We saw how most of them were. Lucius, Pettigrew, they're all super afraid of him. Bellatrix was not because she's a Looney Tune, you know, but the so in mo like when i think of just literature and and movies in general normally when we see someone go to revenge out of what they say is love for another or revenge of a death they usually end up being a villain in their own way anyways Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you're not actually using forgiveness like he didn't forgive anybody in this process so in my, so for me, when I look at, okay, if you're going to, if we're actually going to say that Snape was a true hero and, and great person in this book, then there are other things that should have happened with him to make him a better person well, in my mind. I would never dream of calling him a hero or even I, a good person. I but a lot of people in the Harry Potter world does. And that, that is a problem. I would definitely agree with that. Mm, but yeah. for me, like, there's a lot of things that I despise about him. He is a weak man with a lifetime of unhealed trauma and undealt with issues. And it's a perfect mm. example of what that looks like when it festers. And the fact that he did something good is really just Dumbledore saw how he could use that for something good. So in that sense, I would say... I can't 100% hate him because like he really didn't have anyone to to lean on like in a healthy way. Yeah. 
I agree. You know? Yeah. Like I'm Lily was the closest not. thing he had to that. And that's, that's the other problem is that that's probably, that's the old, the closest thing he had to not just to not really anything romantic, but as a, a friend, cause he had no friends. The poor mm -hmm. man had no friends. And so the only place he could have any positive feelings is when this, is this, you know, cute girl next door person who just kind of walks into his life and he that manifests as romantic feelings might not have even been that or might have just been like manifested as that that's true you know? but yeah, I, circumstances mm -hmm. like in a lot of ways lily was sort of his lifeline to you know his humanity not saying that's right i mean you should never make another person responsible yeah. for that mm -hmm. but in that sense i understand why he is the way he is and i can't totally hate him yeah. Well, and the other thing, and JK, in my mind, JK is trying to make him such a good, like, because um, Harry at the end, I can't, was it in the book that he says this? But either way, he names his child after him. I don't understand that. That is a bit much. That's, that is That's, the I big that. thing. That's the other thing. Like, I and I that. know you don't, I know, Sammy, I know you and I have always agreed that him naming him what he named him is horrible. Yes. Why he didn't but name, like, for Harry what's serious is right do, there. Lupin, there's so many other choices. Yeah. I know. For Harry father, to you know. do that much of a 180 to name his son after him, there's even no way. though there was no way. that's not realistic there's whatsoever. No way. Not at all. He tried to bring Severus into this redemption at the end because of the always and loving Lily and all these. It's like, no, that's not healthy. None mm -hmm. of this of what he's doing is healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And we should not be giving that message to our people. And mm -hmm. Harry shouldn't be idolizing this man. This man, yes, kept him alive because Dumbledore told him to, because he was trying to revenge his revenge his mother, the mother, his mother's death. But you shouldn't name your son after him. He you in the sense of like caring for you and loving you and treating you like one of their mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Arthur yeah. would have been better. There's a lot of choices he could have right. went with if we were gonna be naming Arthur, kids after people. Lupin, serious. Anyway, you know, after and, his own father, for God's sake. Yeah. And, well, well, he did. One, one of the, the kids yeah, is. His first kid is named is James. James. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then it's I have James, a. James and his James, daughter's Lily. Yeah. The other um, one was Lily. What, James, Albus. James. James. I think it's James Sirius, actually. I, I think, think it is James Sirius. Yeah. Yeah. So. But still. But still. Lupin. Come on. I'm saying. Lupin. Come on. Lots of people. Okay. But I have a question. That this all yes. kind of leads into because i've seen this debated as well since we're talking about snape we might as well bring it all up we're going into it let's we're, do it we're going into it okay so let's let's talk about dumbledore to a certain extent right because i wanted to go there next <laughs> okay cool all right so we're on the same page all right so yeah obviously we have lots of love for dumbledore you know i i get it but there is a certain you know question about all of this dumbledore doesn't share everything with harry he has a past we know he he used to hate muggles. It was a whole thing that we find out and they can't get into it. And I understand the movies, it's too much yeah. stuff. But in the book, there's so much you learn about Dumbledore and yep. and how he grew up and how he used to treat people and Grindelwald and how that all how that ties yeah. in. But we do have, you know, when Snape is discussing, and I have the line in there um, when we get to quotes, but about raising Harry for slaughter and and all of that. There's that great debate about kind of Dan, you said it and it triggered in my mind about Dumbledore using Snape mm -hmm. now for a good end, because the whole point is to bring down Voldemort, who is mm -hmm. obviously needs to be taken out. But Dumbledore does this 
thing where he does kind of use people to his advantage. And we do mm-hmm. see him doing that over and over. And Harry is one of them. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it now, I'm not saying he didn't love Harry. Cause I, I don't think that's, no, a, that's an issue, but yeah, no, but yeah, but there is that certain extent, like he brought Slughorn in for his purpose. He brings, you know, like he brings people into the fray for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's that whole question too, about how good was Dumbledore too when you break it down about what was happening in the war, when he was doing things purposely mm-hmm. for the war, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so much stuff. So I had thoughts about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- he, he essentially is the general of the, the light side of this battle, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Dumbledore mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Most of the time until he's dead. But anyways, um, but here's here's the thing that I because a lot of people I feel like in this book did a shift where they now hate Dumbledore and love Snape, which I think oh I don't cool. yeah no yeah um which is so annoying. But it's what really I nuance think, people nuance yeah know. You, you can um, have opinions that don't have to be just black and white right yeah I know. But with Dumbledore and I was as I was watching that scene this morning of you you're raising him for slaughter sort of deal. I'm like and, and I thought about it and I'm like is he is he really because in my mind, as I'm looking at all of it, it's not like Dumbledore chose Harry to be the one who who has to kill Voldemort. Mm-hmm. He didn't, Dumbledore did not put any of this into motion. Mm-hmm. Literally, Voldemort did. Tom went after Harry, Harry's family, and made him part Horcrux. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm looking at this and like, okay. Dumbledore has changed. Yes, we know he has a lot of past. Yes, we know about the power. Yes, we know all these things. But number one, he didn't keep the invisibility cloak. So he's changed because he gave it to Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you never see him use his wand, except like once, maybe twice, three times, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. out of the whole series. Mm-hmm. He's not one to use his powers anymore. Um, and then it 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 really is like it, I feel like. He sees the situation and he has no choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dumbledore literally had no choice because either way, no matter who, no matter what's going to happen with Harry, he was going to have to die. But it's not like Dumbledore made that choice. It's not like Dumbledore made the choice to raise mm-hmm. him for slaughter. Mm-hmm. It literally is just a part of what it is and who he is. I don't know if Snape actually understood that. I don't know I don't if he know. meant, and that's the thing, like trying to interpret the thing. I don't know if he meant more like, because no one tells Harry what's going on, right? Dumbledore no. dies and Harry feels like he's in the dark. Like, what am I supposed to do? I don't even know where to go. You know, granted, they stumble their way through it and figure it out. But I think there was a certain point of maybe what Snape was trying. I don't know. Who really knows what Snape was trying to say? But there is a certain argument maybe that Harry should have been brought in more on this is the reality of what we're looking at, especially as he got older. Should you tell an 11-year-old Harry that? No. No. But, you know, as he started getting older maybe there should have been some way to communicate to Harry, like, this is where we're going. Harry is understanding the gravity of what's going on. He's clearly willing to die for the cause. Maybe mm-hmm. we should explain more about what truly is happening and what's going to be expected of you going forward. Instead, he's just felt like he was in the dark when Dumbledore died. And he has these cryptic messages from Dumbledore. Yeah. He has to like interpret because, you know, Dumbledore has to be clever and his messages and hidden meanings and stuff, you know? Well, I wonder if I, so Harry is willing to die and mm-hmm. we, we get that. But if he knew sooner that he needed to die, mm-hmm. 
he might have died before he could have like figured out the mm-hmm. Horcrux stuff. That's fair. He might have. Yeah. So, I know. And maybe Dumbledore. And I think part of what I think Dumbledore just wanted him to, to try to have as much of a normal childhood as long as he possibly could. That's what I. Was and mm-hmm. also, I don't know if Dumbledore real like Dumbledore probably did not plan to get cursed and going to have to die. Oh no, I don't think Dumbledore he was, probably thought no. he was going to be there all the way up to the point where he mm-hmm. needed to explain to Harry. Look, I think I, no, I didn't tell you this, but this is what is going on. I think my question is more like when he made his plan with Severus, like I need you to, you know, off me, like this needs to happen, that it would have been nice to maybe like, you know, do something for Harry. Like, even if it was something he couldn't get right away, like I didn't know this snitch. Like, this is what I need you to do, you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe he well, okay. Here's the other thing that I thought of. The other thing that maybe he, Dumbledore was like, eh, he'll be fine. It's because he had her Hermione. That's true. Hermione is a Hermione is the clever one. He knows Hermione yeah, can figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz again, let's be real. They'd be all under Voldemort's reign if Hermione was not there. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. And oddly enough Ron this time. Eventually, yeah. yeah. He thought of the the basilisk thing. Mhm. Yeah. He gets there, just yeah. you know, yeah. just like Dan said, slowly but surely. Yeah, slowly but surely. <laughs> what, late, late bloomer. What's what's what is your saying for him? He's he's a little confused, but got the spirit. Confused, but he got the spirit. Yeah, he's got the spirit. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I think we finally got the debate out of the way. Let's that go into fun. final thoughts. I liked that. I love the debate. It was great time. Thank you. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. We actually, well, I think know. we kind I was of actually a war. No. I know. I think we actually agree with each other in some aspects. Yeah, no, we, we can get there. Yeah. But we will always agree that movie Snape is a lot better than yes. book Snape. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Thank you, Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. May you rest in peace. Well, and they just wrote him differently, too. Yeah, they did. And Alan played him, I think, a certain way. And yeah, yeah. it all just added up into a slightly different character. Yep. All right. Favorite characters, Dan. All righty favorite characters it pretty much wait hang on i am i on the right one this time oh jeez. I, I don't know part two okay we oh, did yeah, this okay. in the last <laughs> i did well I'm, I'm i'm watching the screen so i'm not going through my notes i'm just paying attention to all of you okay so more or less the same um mm-hmm. actually not really uh harry is you know one of them uh mcgonagall because she's back and she has some fantastic moments mm-hmm. uh molly for the aforementioned reason where her famous line mm-hmm. and then um and Luna again, uh, which I have a scene later, but the more I watch of her, the more, as much as I, I've said this before, but as much as I like Harry and Jenny, I'm really starting to wish that she and Harry wound up together. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching them. I think they would have been a very odd couple, but I think they would have made been. They would have been adorable. Adorable been. and really good for each other. Like, yeah, she's like Hermione in a lot of ways because she sees things that Harry tends to miss. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah mm-hmm. yeah but yeah uh so mcgonagall of course mm-hmm. i mean how can you not love mcgonagall I always it's, love mcgonagall it's maggie maggie smith mm-hmm. um her lines i think i have most of her lines in my favorite quotes yeah she's just my favorite oh, yeah. um harry i love harry in this one Mm-hmm. just the the fact that a 17 year old boy has matured to the point where he can literally walk to his death yeah mm-hmm. um and, and and yeah just wow lots mm-hmm. um and then neville especially yeah. book neville 
Book Neville is so mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love Book Neville. He 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 would have been a great chosen one as well. Like really I really would've. think he could have done it yeah. too. And honestly, kind of, I feel like even though he wasn't the chosen one, he's still very much like he was still a big part of part of it. He killed mm-hmm. Nagini. He, he did. He. He um the last one he got it face to face with with Voldemort and no fear just mm-hmm. I'm not going to you like this is not happening Dumbledore's army let's go mm-hmm. um yeah. just I Neville such such a such a 180 from little Neville who's losing oh, his, with his toe to to 17 year old Neville who's like facing down death um mm-hmm. probably thinking of his parents in the process oh for sure um, which I still I I know. I love Molly being the one to kill Belichick, but I'm not going to lie. I really wish it was Neville. It would have been a lot more important. Really wish great. it was Neville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Really would have. Um, but yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. So I put Snape down, movie Snape. It's so just, again, Alan Rickman. Just, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Neville, you just went over that, Harry. And then I did put Dumbledore down because I do like really like his appearance in this movie and the book both of them are great but i thank you michael you did not mess it up i really liked no, the dumbledore in this movie just the way he mm-hmm. is talking to harry when he's trying to figure out what to do it was such a great moment and i'm glad that we were able to see him again in the final book yeah yeah so i had to throw them in there dan your favorite scenes yes. favorite scenes um Mentioned it already, but again, Hermione is Bellatrix. Of course. Mm-hmm. Hijinks ensue. Invading Gringotts, the whole, you know, every, every moment of that scene. Um, confronting Snape, uh, you know, one of those scenes yeah. that just gives you absolute mm-hmm. chills. Um, and I haven't seen this one mentioned yet, but it's pro- I probably saw this in a, in a trailer, but like after Snape's retreat and McGonagall just like relights the whole main hall and like the theme plays mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. a chills kind mm-hmm. of kind of scene just so iconic um you know and then right after that the fortifying of Hogwarts mm-hmm. like I I just watched that scene just in, in general like I'll just look out mm-hmm. clips from that scene just to feel that feeling again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um and then Luna figuring out who Harry needs to talk to, you know, mm. like Harry Potter, you listen to me right now. I was like, whoa, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. She okay. yells for Got the it. first time. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Good moment. Um, I love the scene of actually meeting uh Helena Ravenclaw mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just delving more into the history of that. And um then the resurrection stone scene, which I thought was perfectly executed because like Watching that scene is the exact same feeling I got reading the book. I mean, mm-hmm. they got mm-hmm. that absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we already mentioned it, but it was it, it was the same with when Harry sees his parents in the uh, in the on uh, the tombstone as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just absolutely recaptured the somberness and the heaviness, and you know the mm-hmm. understanding of what he has to do, and you know mm-hmm. we're grieving with him. Mm-hmm. We're grieving. Yeah. He's grieving for his own his own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm yeah so yeah and there's many many more and i'm sure you've mentioned you you have them mentioned so but yeah, yeah. those are some of my personal mm-hmm. most powerful scenes yeah uh we i mean we went through a point by point but my favorite and most satisfying is is the final battle at the book with the book mm-hmm. in the book um such a great just a great sequence of scenes put together 
from um the start of the battle with with Seamus and Neville blowing up a bridge to uh the just dealing with and and dealing with the death and the loss it hurts mm-hmm. but it's it's a part of life so we have to we have to navigate that together and mm-hmm. um the battle before he actually kills Voldemort and that's that satisfaction of it finally just being over mm-hmm. um just so good just mm-hmm. all of it and then of course everything that Dan said like just amazing that scene that yeah that scene of of McGonagall um facing off with Snape in the Great Hall I know it's added it's not in the book but such a good scene especially when Harry walks out he's like this looks like your defense is um not that great and then Mm -hmm. everybody comes in and Mm -hmm. uh it's just uh, yeah great scene great Mm -hmm. powerful scene Mm -hmm. I agree I don't know if I ever saw a scene like this but for some reason it reminds me of like the Chronicles of Narnia like it reminds me of something that like just absolute darkness and then this spark of light that just changes everything. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think hmm. there was ever a scene in that book that happened like that, but that's just what it makes me think of. Hmm. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Scene. Okay. So like you said, Gringotts, Gringotts, that's just a great, great scene. And of course the the Bellatrix, and we already did the mm-hmm. inception breakdown <laughs> of how she yeah. played it. Um, and then, yeah, Harry facing his fate, um, which includes like the resurrection stone scene that was so mm-hmm. great and the way he just faces up to it. And in the the book, it's even more interesting because he hides. If I recall, he's like under his invisibility cloak and he doesn't stop and say goodbye to anybody. He just kind of watches them on his way out and he knows that the battle will continue and they will continue to fight. And um, he doesn't say any goodbyes. He just goes down there alone because he knows that's where he's at in the, at this point is that he is alone and it is time to face his fate um, with Voldemort. So it's just kind of, kind of crazy. I thought I had that in here. Cause I remember reading it and saying, Oh, we need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Cause he doesn't see hair. He, he doesn't see in the book. He doesn't talk to, Hermione and 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 Ron. He nope. talks to Neville yeah, and tells Neville, to "You need mm-hmm. to kill the yeah. snake." Mm-hmm. And he sees. Why is he calling me? Um. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry, Brett's calling me and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. He knows we were doing the podcast this afternoon. Um uh so there and, and JK, they talked to JK in a interview about the interview about mm-hmm. it, and she's like, if he actually saw his friends, like he wouldn't have gone. Right. Exactly. She's like, I don't think he would have been able to go out there Mm-mm. to face his death if um Mm-mm. if he saw his friends first. No, I agree. And that's you know. That and he doesn't shows, talk yeah. to Jenny either. He's like, I can't talk to her. I see no. her. Nope, it's all just far away. One last time and then mm-hmm. I'm gone. Yep, mm-hmm. he just wants to, one last look and then it's time to go. And that's that. So, yeah, it's even sadder <laughs> in the book, honestly, when he goes to do that. But, yeah, and I loved everything you guys already brought up. So, ditto. Yeah. All right. Quotes. 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 Um. I, I, this is one that I uh, hadn't seen mentioned yet. So uh, after funny. 
after Snape, you know, Snape is vapor or you know leaves, and uh, we got light back in the main hall. Mister our Mister Filch, students out of bed, students out of bed, just running in. McGonagall yeah. responding, they are supposed to be out of bed, you blithering idiot. Right. Sorry, mom. Love it. So good. So good. He's. I like how he's no longer. I mean, he is, but we don't see him as this just hateful little tyrant. Now he's just a little idiot. Just, just an idiot. Mm-hmm. So, that's fun to see. Um, and then Harry and Ron in the uh, was the room of requirement. And if we die for them, Harry, I'm gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very funny. Mm-hmm. He says that in the book too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta love that friendship it's always just is what it is sure. uh, mm-hmm. so anyway but yeah um you know the next um you know after the harry i'm gonna kill you um you know harry asks uh does it hurt dying and you know sirius is like quicker than falling asleep it's you know it's i think it's something every human being is always going to ask mm-hmm. because it's the universal question you know so mm-hmm. personally i would love to have gary oldman be the one to kind of comfort me you know when I'm in that in that state, being yeah. one, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. as serious black, um, and then um, I love this line too, more mm-hmm. so from a creative standpoint because, and I think mm-hmm. I feel like this is just J.K. expressing herself mm-hmm. um, as a writer and as mm-hmm. a storyteller. You know, Harry asks, "Professor, is this all real or is this happening in my head?" Mm-hmm. Dumbledore, of course, it's happening in your head, Harry. Why should that mean it isn't real? You know line like just it's so, one of my favorites too absolutely. yeah absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. um and then uh you know um well this is kind of out of order but i'll end with neville's because uh it was more powerful but the one before that that yeah. i have is uh i love every time they call voldemort tom yes anytime it's the best it's the most demeaning thing they i love that he did that in the last you know he hates it he hates it so much and Mm -hmm. harry's just like come on tom let's just finish the way we started together it's like so good so So good good. yes Mm -hmm. so good not in the book but a great addition Mm, i liked that line in the movie Mm -hmm. absolutely um and then i'll end with neville's speech which isn't obviously as good as it was in the book but um you know, it doesn't matter that Harry's gone. People die every day. Friends, family, yeah. We lost Harry tonight, but he's still with us in here. So is Fred, Remus, Tonks, all of them. He didn't die in vain, but you will, turning to Voldemort, because you're wrong. Harry's heart didn't. Be- Harry's heart did beat for us, for all of us. It's not over. And that's, of course, the moment when Harry comes back. And- you tell him, Neville. That's it. So good. So yeah. good. It really is. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Incredible. Yep. Yeah. Oh, of course, I had to put in Molly's line, not my daughter. You Can I say it just once? It's in the book and it's in the movie, so I feel like it's fine. I'm sure our younger yeah. viewers have heard worse. I mean, it's True. literally in both. I just feel bad saying it. Not my daughter, you bitch. <laughs> I love it. How do you feel of you? Good job. Freezes her and blows her up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good job. That end. Yep. The end of Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. Still hate that she got a worse death than Umbridge, but whatever. Yeah, Umbridge. Where was Umbridge. Umbridge's death? Man? So right. Umbridge should have been on the set. They should have given her to the centaurs, and they should have tied her up 
like the old days and each one of them take off separate ways and rip her limbs. Ooh, nice. Okay. That's what I want. That's anyway. what we should have written instead of the cursed child, JK. We should have just gotten yes. a, a short story about how Umbridge dies. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I love this. These two, le- these things from Harry and Hermione. Harry, we have to go there now. Hermione, what? We can't do that. We've got a plan. We've got to figure it out. Harry, Hermione, when when have any of our plans ever actually worked? We plan. We right. get there. All hell breaks loose. Yep. No point in planning. Like, like just you go. just got back from the ministry, or not ministry? The the, um, the bank. Bank. Where all hell just broke loose. Like did not go as planned. Mm-mm. I love her brain. We gotta, we gotta figure it out. No, we don't. no, we don't. We don't. Let's just go. <laughs> There's no point. Um, I love this. Uh, Neville, are you really giving us permission to do this? Yes, Longbottom. Blow it up. Boom, boom. Why don't you confer with Mister Finnegan? As I recall, he has a particular proclivity for pyrotechnics. Sure does. I can bring it down. That's the spirit. Now away you go. I love oh, it. I love it. And that line, the particular proclivity for pyrotechnics. It's mm-hmm. such like an alliteration line, but it's like a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. Just like the baboon. Mm-hmm. She loves alliterations that yes, are very mm-hmm. It really does. Or is the twins when they could just okay, anyways. Yeah. Um just like a big kid in that scene. Mm-hmm. Huh? McGonagall's just like a big kid in that scene. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she's a big kid in a couple of these scenes. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, Flitwick. Do you realize you can't keep, you know, who out indefinitely, McGonagall? That doesn't mean we can't delay him. And his name is Voldemort, Phileas. You might as well use it. He's going to try to kill you either way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Better call him Tom. Mm-hmm. Even better, yes. Call Even him better. Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, one of my absolute favorite scenes because she's so little kid giddy. I knew she you'd does, have this one. Mm-hmm. She, um, locum or modem locomotive. I've always wanted to do that spell. Mm-hmm. And she's all giddy. And Molly's like, sure. Okay, lady. <laughs> like, she has the most like dumbfounded, like, mm-hmm look on her face and looks over at McGonagall like are you crazy like I we're guess... gonna fight for our lives how are you not how are you happy like is this the Minerva she's geeking out mm-hmm. like... yes I love a geeky Minerva it was great mm-hmm. so good and I love that she's the headmaster after this or headmistress mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well fit for her very true it was all mm-hmm. right Sammy okay. wrap us up let's see what we got okay So going back to Dumbledore, do not pity the dead, Harry, pity the living, and above all, those who live without love. I just love that line because it's all the entire theme of the entire series is love and the protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Dana did this line. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. So then I had, as we um, said before, Lord Voldemort in his arrogance sees Harry come out to the woods and says, Harry Potter, you know what? No, hold on. I need Dan, Dan to do, Dan this, do this because he does the voice. I don't want to do it. So Dan, if you could please provide us with the Lord Voldemort um, interpretation. Thank you. Uh, oh, yes. yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry Potter, the boy who lived, come to die. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love it. It's brilliant, brilliant. Yes, 
But yeah, I just love it because again, he is so Tom is so Mm -hmm. arrogant and he's just like, yeah, see, I told everybody, didn't I tell you all he was going to come out to the woods? Didn't I tell you he's going to give himself up? Did that work for you? No, Mm -hmm. no, it didn't. Actually, you should have just kept him alive in a cellar. Then you could have ruled. Yeah, exactly. But he's too arrogant for all that. Oh, so, well, he also didn't know he was a Horcrux. (sighs) Because again, you know, he's arrogant. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then um, this conversation with Snape and Dumbledore, Snape says, so when the time comes, the boy must die. And Albus says, yes, yes, he must die. And Snape says, you've kept him alive so he can die at the proper moment. You've been raising him like a pig for slaughter. And again, we just debated this and about the, yeah, like whether the interpretation and where Snape was at with it and all the nuances that come with what was Dumbledore doing and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then um, when uh, we're looking back at Snape's memories and Snape is talking to Dumbledore, um, he's basically telling Dumbledore, like, nobody can know about his love for Lily and all of that. So Snape says, no one can know. And Albus says that I shall never reveal the best of you, Severus. And so there we go. He mm-hmm. wanted to be a jerk forever and evermore. Right. But then Harry names his child after him. So there we go. Albus Severus is stupid his name. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. And the memories. Mm-hmm. So the memory, Severus's memories create a plot hole. Okay. Or a very weird question. Okay. So in the very first book, Dumbledore tells us that Hagrid has gotten the child from the home. Yes. Is bringing him. Yes. But in the memories, Snape is holding on to Lily's dead body with Harry right there. Does he just leave him and not take him? Yeah, that seems to be a movie thing that they did. And I'm not sure why mm. they did that. Because again, yes, it implies very heavily that Snape showed up, was very sad and mourned and, and cried about what and happened. And he had to be gone before Haggard got there because no one could know. Right. Mm. And then he just dipped out and there's a freaking child sitting there crying alone mm-hmm. in the house with two dead parents severus severus villainous nivellus for real yeah so i'm not sure where we land with that but yeah the movie did not <laughs> did not really help <laughs> that situation no, with not, that at scene. <laughs> not at all not at all oh goodness oh my gosh we're done i can't believe it is that it that it i mean that that's it Wow. So next week we're going to be talking about the Wizarding World of, of Harry Potter and mm-hmm. in Universal Florida. Uh, the week after we're going to be talking about the HBO special and Hogwarts Legacy, mm-hmm. uh, and then the very last episode is going to be our in memoriam episode, uh, where we pay tribute to some of the amazing actors and actresses we have lost yeah. throughout this this franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned with us next week, guys. I hope you enjoyed our breakdown of the last eight weeks of Harry Potter. Wow. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast featuring Dan. The show is written and produced by Ashley and Sammy, except for those manifestos, which are all written by Dan himself. Intro and audio editing by Sammy, logo created by Ashley. The show is produced as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Make sure you check out all of our other shows and have a magical day.